exactly who killed it. NPR is on the media coming up at 2. This is KQED-FM 88.5 San Francisco and KQED-FM 89.3 North Highland, Sacramento. It's 1 o'clock. Welcome to City Arts and Lectures, a season of talks and onstage conversations recorded before a theater audience in San Francisco. I'm Linda Hunt. Join me now in hearing some of the most celebrated writers, artists, and thinkers of our day. Our guest is Amy Sedaris. Sedaris is a comedian, playwright, and actress. She's focused much of her unique career on living gracefully and creatively. Sedaris played a former prostitute reliving her high school days in the cult television show Strangers with Candy. She portrayed a disfigured teenager in the play Stitches, co-written with her brother, the essayist David Sedaris. Amy and David Sedaris also co-wrote the play, The Book of Liz. In addition to performing and writing, Amy Sedaris is known for her crafting and hostessing skills. In her first book, I Like You, Hospitality Under the Influence, she offered tips on everything from freezing meatballs to taking care of inebriated guests. In her latest how-to guide, Simple Times, crafts for poor people, Sedaris returns to the creativity of a bygone era with retro-themed projects. There are instructions for glitter-covered pine cones, popsicle stick crucifixes, and crepe paper moccasins, all colorfully illustrated with Sedaris as model. On November 15, 2010, Amy Sedaris visited the Herbst Theatre in San Francisco to be interviewed on stage by Paul Lancourt. The evening was a benefit for the 826 Valencia College Scholarship Program. Join me now for a conversation with Amy Sedaris. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for showing up. I never think anyone's going to show up. Make sure your phones are off. Hold on. <laughs> I forgot to hold the book up as well. It's, it's absolutely lovely. This is the inside of the uh, jacket. So uh, if and when you get the book, this will become uh, part of your collection. <laughs> lovely photo. Mm -hmm. For um, your rec room, baby's room. Any of a number of photos... Are you okay? Oh, uh, yeah, I yes. just was going to call my children. I... <laughs> how, how is the family? Um, they're okay. Yeah. You know, they're not used to me being out on the road. No, it must be tough for them. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty tough. And but, your you husband, know, my husband, yeah, he's watching the them for me. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. great. Took off from work. Yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful book, and it's, I, I start to wonder if your reason for doing it is to uh, get in costumes and wigs and have some of these pictures. Absolutely, yeah. yes. 
Yes. I did a Dolly Parton video, and I met this guy, Adam Selman, who was a costume maker. He made all my costumes, and then I manipulated him into working on this book, and he made all my costumes for Everyone him. in here? So I could ask for anything. A short canary robe, poof, I got it. A, a Jane Pittman dress, poof, I got it. It was great. And the wigs I had, and, you know, I like... Uh, uh, special, you know, moles and things like that I had, so. Moles on your face. Yeah, moles. <laughs> they kept moving. Yeah? Yeah. You gotta have moles. <laughs> gotta have moles. <laughs> my share. Um, <laughs> have you always been crafty? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, I, I, I've been crafty. Um, I was a Girl Scout, Junior Achievements. You know, in first grade, you're always making ashtrays for your father's office. And, um, and then in, growing up, everyone in my family crafted, and we turned the basement into a Santa's workshop at Christmas and make our own ornaments and things like that. So we were always making something. And I think a lot of people did that growing up, but you managed sure. to carry that on. I know, and I make the same things I made when I was five. Yeah. Nothing's changed. And it's pretty obvious. I'm very limited. You know, I have a lot of friends who made stuff for me, and, um, but I, make, I made the same stuff. Mine's always falling apart. You can tell. You can tell what I made in the book. <laughs> some people charged me a lot. Some people didn't charge me anything. My sister charged me $5,000. Yeah, five, family member. $5,000 for googly-eyed nuts and um, some crafts made out of tree bark. And then um, a nine-year-old charged me $300. She just cut out, you know, she cut out some shapes for me. Was that her idea? Um, no, I just asked her. I saw something. She cut, cut it out a comb or something, and I asked her if she did other shapes. No, was the $900 her idea? Uh, no, she charged me $300. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, and then, um, and then who else charged me? Oh, the girl who knitted all the sausages, she charged me $1,100. And I won't forget it. <laughs> How do you take a lot, it costs a lot of money. To make the book. Well, no, it just takes a lot of time to make something. Sure. You know, I get it. I, you know, you go to the flea market or the store and you look at some crafty thing and you're like, how can that be that much money? But I get it now, you know. <laughs> I mean, I make those potholders, you know, with those cotton loops. It takes me 20 minutes a potholder. And I got, and I, you know, the kit alone costs $13, so I charge $10 a potholder. So my profit is out of this world, you know. It's a lot. I've made $1,300 in potholder sales. I'm sold out. And then it's my allowance for the tour. Tipping people, you know. Will you? I mean, it's an extravagance, you know, to have a big wad of cash. It's fantastic. Mad money, you know. Do you think that way, do you think that way pretty regularly? Because I, I think it was in your previous book where you talk about your um, vacation jar. Yes. So you have people come over. Well, that's another question about the... the clubs you belong but you have people actually who come over and put money in your vacation jar and you have that stuck to your window yes it's screwed up underneath yeah. my cabinet but it's allowance for all kinds you know, other things you know mm -hmm. mad money <laughs> mad money yeah <laughs> so are you are you a member of still a member of a crafts club or a president of, of a crafts club yeah i just it's an excuse get people together you know gather around the vaporizer the volcano <laughs> You know, that's the only membership requirement. <laughs> or now, you know, I have them do things for me, and then I'll, I'll make dinner for them. You know, because I live by myself, really. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't really have a husband and children. I'm just lying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't this great? I bought this. I have a business phone and then a, um, a home phone. One's knitted and the other one's just stuffed. And I travel with it. <laughs> and I'm on it all the time. And it's so much fun to play with a fake phone. I'm sorry. I'm listening. No, that's right. I'm listening. Do, 
Did you have that commissioned? Uh, yes. It's um. Did I know this actually bought in a store, and the other one I, a girl made me, Megan uh, Whitmar. She did all the embroidery for the book. She did an amazing job. What qualifies something as a craft? Oh, I guess um, that's a good. Well, I guess if you just make it with your hands, you know. I, that covers a lot. I of mean, everything's crafting. Making sausages is a craft. Cooking's a craft. Making beer, wine. Sistine you know, Chapel. Sistine Chapel. That's a craft. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But do you have a craft? I'm not very crafty, no. Yeah. But um, your wife? We do a lot of crafts with the kids around the house. Mm -hmm. Around uh, Halloween, there was cutting out of paper uh, ghosts and. Uh, uh, pumpkins and things of that nature and my wife's very crafty yes. Mm -hmm. yes. it's Pink. usually just stuff you don't want though I mean you know I tell people you know at Christmas time don't craft something for somebody to save money or if you've never crafted before you know buy them a book of stamps and then make the envelope that you can put the stamps in or something you know but don't you know if you're not good it's just nobody wants it nobody Unless you're really good, you know, if you're, unless you're that ultimate crafter, you know what that is. And, you know, you definitely want that. But if it, otherwise, it's just crap. Like, I don't give crafts away as presents. Oh, it, it's not that, you know, potholder. And then I charge you $10. <laughs> That's not really... So do you do, it, do you do it just because of the, the, the creativity of making a potholder sink? Well, that I just do for the transaction. I like having something to sell. I, use, I think I get that from Girl Scouts where you mm -hmm. go out and you sell cookies. I always sell the most cookies. I just like, if there's an audience, I have to have something to sell. You know what I mean? It's just, why blow that opportunity? Just, you know? <laughs> it's like, my God. You know how many, you know, but I'm sold out. I have nothing to sell. I guess I could no? sell these. Mm -hmm. And you've carried that out throughout. I mean, you've, you've made baked goods that you've sold in your neighborhood. Cupcakes and cheese balls. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still... Um, I'm like a dealer that way. You just kind of have to find me, and then, um, you know, I'm always like, no repeat business, and it's cash only, because um, dairy went up. It got really expensive, and then I got a cockroach problem and a mouse problem, so it just wasn't worth it. So then I started selling Zodiac cards, where, you know, you take construction paper, and then I would write the, the strengths and weaknesses of your Zodiac sign, you know, for a dollar, and that didn't add up to too much. <laughs> You know, but the book, you know, I did work on the book in my apartment, except for two chapters: the making love chapter and the exercise chapter. We shot at Paul Danello's house. So all the photos, the other than those, are all in my apartment. Taken in your apartment. Yeah. So and then yeah. So I, then I got rid of everything. Just uh, everything's in storage, and got rid of most of my craft supplies. I turned my extra room into a baby's room, and then I turned it into a craft room, so it looks kind of creepy, you know. <laughs> Looks good. This is a baby's room. Like, oh. It's filled with glue and things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dangerous room in the house. So why did you why did you need to go somewhere else for the making love section? Because Paul had brown walls. It would have it was funnier. You know what I mean? It's like really woody in that chapter and just kind of, you know, walnut colored paneling. Would have looked great with the yellow robes. The yellow robes would have set yeah. it off beautifully. So we yeah. had to do it at Paul's. It was too dirty to do in my apartment. <laughs> well, it was part of a whole section on um, fornicrafting. Fornicrafting, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know anything about making love, so Paul Danella wrote that chapter completely on his own as I was yelling at him. <laughs> I contributed a few words, but um, yeah, that chapter really makes me laugh for that reason. How do you guys divide up your work? Is, I mean, that sounds like that's part of the reason. If, if you have an area of expertise in that 
<laughs> expertise. <yeah. laughs> um, I don't know. It just depends on the day, what we're in the mood to work on, and you know, he might know more about nature than I do, or something like that. So we, it just works out. And well, there are uh, other areas that you've you've divided the book into sections. That, um, um, the healing power of craft, which I wasn't yes. aware that there was. That crafts could oh, be mm-hmm. healing, and then I have my favorite chapter was is crafting for people with disabilities. So if you have extremely long, you know, crippling long fingernails or chronic back pain or ADD, um, uh, you can't, you don't see very well. So I tried to find a craft that was right for that, you know, um, and I love that because that was that was a fun thing for me to investigate, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. I mean, the whole book is for people with ADD, actually. <laughs> it's just, you know, that addictive personality. Then there are people, you know, crafts for people who drink too much, people who smoke too much, different chapters. Uh, um, There's like you 90 had, uh, chapters. Crafting Under the Influence, which is sort of a, a callback to your previous book, too. Right, that's crafting with, you know, bottle caps and, uh, you know, wine bottles, things like that. And then um, for bipolar, I have the uh, rusty nail uh, wind chime. Um, and I couldn't get rusty nails anywhere because r- nails don't rust anymore. So I went to, on eBay, and there are lots of weirdos that want to sell you rusty nails. <laughs> so if you're ever looking for, if you want to make that craft, you have to go on eBay for that. You have to pay a premium for it? Uh, no, I think I paid maybe $8 for it. They, they sent them in a lunch bag, <laughs> a sandwich bag. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good one. <clears throat> The title of the book is Crafts for Poor People, and I find myself wondering, are, are there crafts for rich people? Um, rich ideas, baby. Um, no, not really. Everything was pretty inexpensive, except, you know, my sister and that nine-year-old. But um, everything else was uh, pretty, uh, you know, we used cardboard, packing tape. Those are always my, I love that, you know, packing tape. It's my favorite, you know, material to work with. I cover everything You brought some with tape with you, in fact. I brought a craft to, to show you, and then I thought I'd, um, I bought a craft for you to do. And then I brought something somebody wrote on the Internet I thought I'd read out loud. Oh, please. Is it okay? Uh, no. If you want to take a break. Is it, um... Okay, here you go. This is what it said. I am a non-professional but serious crafter. I have never seen such a trashy book on the subject. It was devoid of any useful information and was extremely offensive and crude. There were no creative ideas useful for a serious crafter. It was simple nonsense and should only be sold in the crude comedy section of books. There you go. Isn't that good? Yeah. I was so happy to read that. I mean, they're right, you know. I mean, it's just, you know. I was, so let me show you some crafts that I brought. Please. This is one that my sister made. And um, it's like if you're reading a Bible or you're working on some kind of instru- reading some kind of instructional book, you take two pieces of packing tape and you put pennies between it. And it'll weigh down the page. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, this is not easy to make because... You have to, you know, take the tape, you have to lay it down on the, on the counter, and you can't even see it. It kind of disappears. <laughs> then you have to lay the pennies on top of that, but you can't even see the tape, so God knows where the pennies are going. <laughs> then you take the other piece of tape and lay it on top, and you're never going to line it up correctly. So it's very hard. And then, uh, you know, to make this fun, I apply fake fingernails, you know, to my fingers, so to make it, you know, fun. But it's very difficult. And then I have my own twist ties that you can make, because twist ties are extremely expensive. (laughs) So you take a piece of tape. I'll just make it here. You can bring this home to your um, newborn. Okay, these children love this. 
Okay, then... Oh, I thought it was my phone. Okay, um... <laughs> I was expecting a call. Okay, so you take a piece of tape like so. You lay that down. Then you take some wire and some scissors. Martha Stewart gave me uh, these scissors. She gave me a pair for paper and a pair for fabric, like I knew there was a difference. So if she knew I was cutting wire with it, oh, she'd no. kill me. How's she going to find out? Okay. So then you're going to lay the wire on top of that tape, like so, on the sticky side. It look just like a vein running through it. And I know this wire's too heavy. Okay, then you're going to take another piece of tape. I like to change it up and use a different color, you know. I like colors, Paul. All right, then... Lay that it on sort top. of matches your outfit as well. Yeah, anything matches this no, outfit. No, that's true. Okay, then, so it's like so, so it's like this. Then you're going to take the Martha Stewart scissors, and then you're going to cut the ends of it, like this. And you can do variations, you know, you could, you know, do a little, you know, triangle, you know, whatever. And then you have your twist tie. May I have it? Isn't that fun? But I'll tell you why that doesn't work. It doesn't work because that's like artist tape. It's like a paper tape. So when you, when you twist it, you know, it tends to tear. But, you know, that's all right. It was a learning experience. But you're suggesting with the right tape. Yes, with the right tape. That's a darn, that's a really good crap. And then um, Todd Oldham's um, grandmother is um, a little blind. And she likes to needlepoint, but she can't needlepoint anymore because she can't see very well. So she still gets the little stencil things, but she uses magic marker instead of the thread. <laughs> that's a really good craft idea for people who have poor eyesight. And then I made real hobnob glass by taking, like you take a, a glass, and then you glue dried peas to it, and then you paint it white. And so let's say you're blind and you can't see, you buy, and then you don't know, and then you, you feel all the... <laughs> and you're like, ah. Isn't that great? That's a good one. That's a good craft. So I thought maybe I would um, let you make a craft. Are you up for it? Uh, of course. Okay. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> this will be fun. Okay. Here's your plate. Mm -hmm. Oh, let me clear space. Okay. Do you find yourself looking at the world differently now and everything becomes potentially a, something for a craft? It does, but then I lose interest. I'm over crafts. I hate crafts now. <laughs> I don't want to have anything to do with it. Let me just... Okay. All right. So this is a crafty candle salad. This is just a beautiful thing to look at. <laughs> so... You're going to um, line the bottom of that plate with some of this green lettuce. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, here are a couple of leaves, like thusly. Mm-hmm. Just to, to cover that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do the other, maybe you want to do the, cover the whole plate. Cover the whole plate. Sure. So more lettuce? Sure. What more lettuce? You could use a uh, Boston lettuce. You want to use an attractive lettuce for this. <laughs> okay. Then you're going to mm -hmm. stack some pineapple rings in the center of that lettuce. Mm-hmm. And this is great. See, and when you open the can of the pineapple, you can use the lid for, like, if you lose a pet or something, you could paint something religious on it or, you know, that's nice. And then the can you can cover with tinfoil. I love tinfoil. My only regret for the book is I wish I had more tinfoil crafts. I, I just love that stuff. Okay. Maybe how, let, let's add a couple more rings to that, Paul. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Then you're going to unpeel that banana, and you're going to stick it in, in the hole. Mm -hmm. Good. Garbage. Uh huh. 
I'm just going to put that right in there. Crafty mm-hmm. candle salad. There's a little poem in the book that goes with this. Paul Donella wrote all the poems in the book. Do you have it committed to memory? Can you share it with Absolutely us? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. Okay, then you're going to... Right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. Great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to take some mayonnaise and you're going to apply it to the tip. Okay. That, that much? I don't know. You know, our teacher's always like, I don't know, Amy. Just tell me how to do it. There. Oh, that's nice. Look at you go. Someone has some experience. And now you're going to, to represent... Not, it, it won't stay standing up. It won't? You've got to make it stay standing up. Do you, do you add more rings or do you take an... Oh, okay. All right. Then, story of my life, then you're going to add a cherry and that will represent the flame of the candle. And you're going to put it right on top. There you go. Nicely done. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful, baby. Beautiful. Looks delicious. Isn't that nice? I have a... Yeah. Oh, you have something you want to wipe your hands off? Hold up. Wet that. There it is. Thank you. Yeah. Very nice. Did you come up with this all on your own? No, I think we made that in Girl Scouts. It's been around for a while. All right, boys and girls. Our alcoholic brownie leader. (laughs) Was Girl Scouts a good experience for you? I love Girl Scouts. I was still a Girl Scout up to my senior year of high school. And I, and I wore my uniform to school and everything. <laughs> Losers! Look at um, I love Girl Scouts. And I, you know, and then there were two badges I didn't get. The sign of the star and the sign of the arrow. And when I moved to New York, I went straight to on 23rd Street where the Girl Scout Council is. And I talked to them about maybe earning those badges. <laughs> and um, I did. And they made me a Girl Scout for life. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. What? I don't remember what I had to do. Yeah. Um, I know I had to give a speech in front of a group of people, and um, and, and then and then they rattled off a bunch of things I just figured I had done since you know the time I was, since I'm almost 50. They figured I'd accomplish it already, <laughs> but it was fun, you know. What could be more? Fun? If this is if, if this That's, alone is the only thing you learned, then this was worth. I it. mean, you know, keeping it green. You could put that in the window, a church window. Every window could have a candle out. <laughs> I'm sure everyone here will be running there. home to prepare this. <laughs> But um, most of those um, crafts I bought at the flea market because I knew I could make those crafts, but it was easier to buy them. I go to the flea market. I, could go, I go to the flea market every weekend. Aren't you concerned about the people thinking that you made everything in the book? Just that. It, that in the ma- you know, I think most of the matches match book crafts. I mean, I just, no, that's all right. Because I know I can make them. You know, it was no big deal. Do you, have, do you have an Etsy store? Or do you ever go to Etsy? Or you, I've been you know? on Etsy. I've never been on Regretsy. Is that what it's called? Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't. Someone just told me about that. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, really it's... nice stuff. I got a toaster cover off Etsy once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me about. Uh, we, we also are. Uh, we meet the the woodchucks. Oh, the woodchucks. In, right. In the book, Gene and Jean Woodchuck. And I wonder if you could give us a little background on. On the woodchucks, where they well, we just um, uh, we just Paul and I just made them them up. They're like handy, you know. They look like local people who give handy tips, and so we just wanted to have that local feel in the book. Older couple, you know, tell you like you know, uh, you know, just like you know, in any local paper, like little handy handy folks. But we learned so much about the woodchucks through their their um, about their lives together. I think right. And they he, bear a striking resemblance to um, you and Paul, perhaps in later years too. 
Yeah, maybe. I just behind you the portraits um, of us together. It's the ugliest people you've ever seen, but, you know. <laughs> um, uh, but whenever we went upstate to Paul's house to do, you know, chores, we would just turn into the woodchucks because they're very busy. They're always doing something. So there's some backstory here. There's some backstory. She's a drinker, things like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, that was a fun thing to write in the book. And you said at the, at the very end on the back jacket, it, it says that, uh, according to the authors, that this is the last project that you and Paul Danella will be working on together. We always say that. This oh. is the last time. Never again. I love you. I know. That's how it goes. What is it with gingham and crafting? Uh, we just wanted, you know, we, we like gingham, we like denim, and we just wanted to give them a little tribute page. You know, denim and gingham. Denim and gingham. I guess it's really in right now. Gingham. Someone told me, right? And gingham in? I can Google. Oh, it is? Okay. <laughs> no need for Googling. Um, there's also a certain vocabulary that seems to go around a lot of the crafting uh, that's similar. Knickknacks and gigaws. Is there oh, something mm -hmm. about the language of crafting that... that uh, well, I'll tell you, you, need to understand. Well, you know, um, you know, tchotchkes, you know what I mean? But, you know, the hard thing about was writing the instructions for the crafts. Those are the directions. That's really a hard thing to do. And um, we, we threw those words in for some flavor. But, you know, I was just when we were writing the directions for things, it was just really tough. And then some things I just bailed on. Just like eyeball it. Figure it out yourself. Because that's how you do half the things anyway. And those old craft books are so boring. I, I, I couldn't even steal from them. You know, it was so boring. So we threw those in for flavor, some of those things, and the instructions too. Just easy. Just figure it out yourself. And then for one, um, the, the only thing that was a dangerous thing in the book was making a wind chime for, to hang over a baby's crib out of the lid of a tuna can, where I, I, I wanted to create a star. So I used the you know, can opener for it, and I bought cheap tuna, so blood went everywhere. I just cut, just ridiculous, and that's why it's an illustration of the book. Um, and Justin Thoreau did the illustrations, and uh, he was really busy because he's writing movies now. And um, so he came over and did like I don't know, maybe 12 illustrations for the book. So that was one of them. Just didn't make it. Too much blood. <laughs> Are you going to write another book after this? Is there? I don't know. You know, this is. I'm still recuperating. This is. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. I like you, and then this. I was saying backstage, you know, it was like having a second child. I mean, it's just, uh, it's not, I wasn't as controlling with this book, and I kind of enjoyed it. You know, I like that. You know, just, oh, whatever. You know, you must get, like, you have two kids, you know? I do. So it's kind of nice to be, you know, whatever. Just go out and play. <laughs> you know, I don't have a sitter for you tonight. <laughs> Daddy's going to go off. You know how it is. How many kids were in your family growing up? Six. Six of you. Mm -hmm. And where do you fall in the birth order? There's two younger and three older. So roughly in the middle. I guess. There's yeah. two of us in the middle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it is true, I think, that I'm from a family of seven. And seven? Yeah. And, and so as you get to the last few, yeah. you run wild. Dirty yeah. knees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, wh where are you in the, in the I'm seven? I'm the second oldest. Oh, the second yeah. oldest. Okay, yeah. But I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean in a large family, like because uh, you know I was the I was one of two for a period of time, and then there were seven. So it changes as kids are added. So I don't know how much emphasis you can put on the birth order when it's you know. Hey, hey, man. Okay, it's cool. 
<laughs> do you all get along? Yes, we do, for the most part. But there's got to be one, a black sheep, right? There's one that, that nobody well, sees. Well, they're, they're factions, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. People talk amongst themselves about others. Sort oh, sure. Of, so doo, 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 doo. Oh, yeah, I know. Well, how about you? Is that not kind of the case? And I mean, you have... I talk to my little brother pretty much every day, mm-hmm. Paul. You know, I talk to him every day, and I talk to my older sister a rooster? lot. The rooster, yeah. yeah. And I just saw him. I was in North Carolina and saw the rooster. And then um, my dad, he came to... David was at the Apollo Theater, so my dad came. He stayed with me, and my sister was there. And, you know, so it was fun. So we see each other. You're listening to Amy Sedaris in conversation with Paul Lancourt. This is City Arts and Lectures. Well, we're going to open it up for uh, audience questions here in just a bit. So if you have some questions for Amy, uh, we will have uh, people going uh, throughout the audience with microphones. So uh, I can't wait to see what the audience looks like. We'll bring the house lights up. And uh, just if you have a question, raise your hand and someone with a microphone will come by. And you'll get a chance. Here we go with the house lights. Uh, right there. What's your question? Well, we, we have to wait oh. for the microphone, I'm afraid. Sorry. I'll see you after the show. The first question comes from the left of the orchestra. Um, I'm too poor to buy your book on Crash for Steal poor it. people. <laughs> no, uh, I have a better idea. Um, since I can't have a book to buy and for you to sign. I was wondering, can you buy the book for me and I'll sign it? I don't think so. Yeah, let me get your email address and I'll send it. (laughs) That sounds like a great idea. It's from the right of the orchestra. Hi, Amy. I'm really excited that uh, I got a chance to see you. So thank you for coming to San Francisco. Thank you for showing up. No problem. I first became aware of you when I saw Strangers with Candy and the thing that hit me about that was before I knew anything about you or Colbert or anybody else in your team it seemed like John Waters had made a TV show have you ever talked with John Waters about your show? Not about the show but I've met with John Waters before you know in a a social setting he said he smoked and swam at the same time he's really funny Now, the character uh, of Jerry Blank was based on, uh, and I just looked her up on, on, the, uh, on YouTube for the first time, so I'd never seen her before. What was her name again? Uh, well, Flory Fisher. Well, I had the face. For, you know, I was doing that face forever. And then uh, I would always change the background of that character. And uh, Flory Fisher, who looked like Mike Dukakis, um, I got her background. And then, um, you know, other things. Like I told the, the wardrobe lady, Vicki Farrell, that I wanted just to look like I owned a snake. So that's how she came up with that. And the fatty suit I had, I had, from, yeah, I had that made to fool my dad that I'd gained weight. And then um, for the hairstyle, I just wanted it to look like a professional golfer's hairstyle. So off the neck. But it's, the styling me. is strikingly similar to the way she presented herself yes, in the yes. time. Too, I wanted I black. In the pilot, I had black hair like Floyd Fisher. And then we lightened it up. You know, made Jerry more attractive. (laughs) (laughs) And then the name came from Jerry. I had the name. We had it on the chalkboard. And then we couldn't figure out her last name, so we wrote blank. And then weeks went by as we were writing, (laughs) and we were laughing. We are like, that's it. It's blank. Jerry blank. That's how that happened. It seems that... 
it seems a lot of your characters, and we'll get back to the audience questions in a second, but it seems a lot of your characters are, uh, and a lot of the comedy that comes from them it comes from taking you, uh, an attractive woman, oh, and, stop. And, and, <laughs> and making yourself um, less than attractive. Well, uh, I like unattractive people who think they're attractive. You know what I mean? And Jerry had style, and she thought she was attractive. She always looked nice. You never mm -hmm. saw her look shabby. And, um... And I, and I like that, as long as, and I like playing characters that like themselves. Jerry liked herself. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's somebody did. No, no, it's, no, 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 I'm, it's, it's, it comes through, and it comes through in a lot of the, um, these are loving portraits, there's a lot of that in here, you've got a teenage kid in here, even in the still photos, there's, there's a certain amount of love that goes into making someone that's sort of complete face, teenage, yeah. angsty, that gray, that and the acne. look on your face is, is clearly one of uh, a teenage <laughs> boy, which is what you pull off. In, in well, um, the title of that chapter came from um, Philip Seymour Hoffman told me once, he was at, at summer camp, and he had a wood-burning kit, and he was making one of those bracelets or a wallet, and, it's, and he wrote, teenagers have a lot of pain, and I remembered that, and I thought, I'm going to name my chapter that. I haven't told him yet. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. He's like, Really? <laughs> the next question comes from the left of the orchestra. Okay, left. Hi, over here. So, uh, my wife and I got married. My wife? Oh. Of Prop 8. Well, two um, mommies. Now uh -huh. we're getting divorced. And oh. I'm wondering if you have any craft advice for how to deal with divorce. Oh, well, first of all, I've never heard of lesbians getting divorced. Yeah. You must first be time the first. for everything. Yeah. I guess, you know, what? Knit a knife or something when you're, you know. Craft up, oh, paper mache. That's one thing I, I, I wanted to make for the book and I didn't was a big paper mache space helmet. But now I'm going to make it out of tinfoil. But yeah, make her a knife or a rifle. You guys are still talking? How long were you married for? Seven years. Well, that's a long time. Yeah. You seeing the guy now? Craft <laughs> <laughs> the candles out. It happens. It happens. Yep. The next question comes from your right in the balcony. Hi, Amy. Hi. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I've really been loving watching your media appearances on this tour on Letterman and Wendy Williams. Wait a minute, where are you? Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Hi. Hey, okay. And uh, I especially was entertained by the Kathy Lee and Hoda segment. And oh, was, the alcoholics? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about just the atmosphere there behind the scenes and what taping that segment was like. It just goes by so fast. You know, I hate doing morning TV anyway. I just get up and, you know, the prep work that goes to. You have to get everything ready the night before. They want all this stuff. They always ask me what drink I can make. And I'm like, I, I, you know, what am I going to – I don't want to make a drink. You know, I don't, I don't really drink. Anyway, um, I didn't have one for them that morning, but they seemed to have taken care of that themselves. They just go by so quickly. I don't know what they... They were so silly. They were but giggly, I, and they were kind of a little on the rude side, too. It, it, they were definitely... Um, uh, they hit me, Paul. They hit me. Well, I didn't notice that. They must have cut commercial before that, but they were like... There, there was some... Uh, was it, are you still talking, I think someone said to you, or something like that? So, I don't so, know. Uh, it was very strange. Fast. But then I did Rosie O'Donnell's radio show, and I liked her a whole lot. 
I didn't know anything about Rosie. I got to go to her house and see her craft room, body outline. And um, <laughs> but she was, um, her face is really pretty, and she was bubbly and um, enthusiastic and really smart and really funny. So I was happy, you know, that made up for that day. Hi, I don't know if you've had this experience as a crafter, but walking down the street, you see like broken glasses and think, I can make a chandelier, or that's a lovely pine cone. How do you deal with the possibility, probability of hoarding? Well, when we were working on the book, it was hoarding. You know, you just can't throw anything out. But now I can walk by a pine cone and just keep walking, you know. And that feels really good, because I grew up, you know, we didn't throw anything out. Everything was a possibility, you know, and we all think that way in the family. Like, how can I make this, you know, at three in the morning? And, you know, um, and this, I swear to God, this happened the same day. I walked in, when I was younger, I walked in on David, and he was in the shed, and he was, had a, he was cutting the hose off the shop back, because he was making something. <laughs> and then... The same day, my sister Gretchen had a razor blade and she was shaving the speakers in the living room because she wanted to make a beard for something, you know. I don't know how my parents did it, you know, cutting up cards and deck and, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But um, now it's not a problem. I just don't, I don't want it. But I do, I mean, I think of it, you know. I saw two um, pine cones today in the grass. <laughs> two pine cones just sitting there. I had a fight, I had a fight. It was like addiction, you know. The next question comes from your left in the balcony. Left. Left. Hello, Amy. Hi. Um, I have a couple questions for you. A, Aries. <laughs> no, I actually, actually am a Leo. Um, but uh, the first question I had is the last time you were here, you uh, said that you liked the witch's fingers. And I sent some witch's fingers, and I just wanted to know if you ever got them. Witch's fingers? You the sent me witch's fingers? Did you... The plastic kind that you put on. Did you send me those? Yeah. Yes, I did. Thank you. And they weren't painted. No. No, they're not painted. Um, I love it when the kind of fingernails that you can just place over your, you know, because I apply them with just using the clear tape, you know, <laughs> and these are great because I always come to flea markets looking for them. Thank you so much. Oh, and yeah. they were, um, they came in a little packet with plastic over them. Correct. Yeah, I didn't bring them on this trip. They're great. <laughs> they're great for like, you know. I can point, you know, touch. Thank you for those. Oh, you're very that welcome. That is very nice. I um, kept them. And this is kind of a two-part question. Uh, have you ever thought of doing like a, you know, a craft show for TV? And if not, have you ever thought of going on Dancing with the Stars or uh, Celebrity Apprentice? I've never thought about going on Dancing with the Stars ever. And, um... I do, you know, I've always wanted to do my own hospitality show since I was little. I was, you know, we watched, grew up watching our local hospitality shows. Um, but then, you know, it's, it's trying to figure out where, where to do it, you know, or who, who to do it with. And that's really what's prevented me from moving forward with it. So then I'm like, oh, I'll just do a craft book and then I'll see what comes out of that. And, you know, because once you do that, you can't really do much after that, you know, once you become that person. So, but there's a picture in the book. It's a local artist, and she's got adult acne, and she's in denim. She's got a little hat on. And um, I'd like to do something with that character. <laughs> I'm thinking, I think she'd be a lot of fun. Hi, Amy. Over here. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. I actually um, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of your little smoky cheese balls. Okay. Um, I'm a sort of part-time New Yorker, and I live here now, and, um, but I really miss them. Is there any way we're going to get your cheese balls out here? No, no. I don't think so. <laughs> but they're still at Gourmet Garage in New York? I don't know if they still make them or not. I haven't gotten a check from them in a while, so I don't think so. 
But you like the bite-sized cheese balls, or did you like the Oh, big... I love them all. Oh, you like them all, yeah. Yeah, they're great. Thank you for making them. Maybe I'll put one in an envelope and send it your way. <laughs> I'm dying to do that. Put it in one of the, just a regular envelope and mail a cheese ball to someone. <laughs> I'll do it before I die. The next question comes from the right of the balcony. Hi, Amy. Hi. With Thanksgiving coming up, I'm wondering if you could share a favorite Thanksgiving memory or craft or both. Oh, well, I suggest it's in the book where you could take the wishbone from the turkey and make a slingshot. <laughs> that's a very good poor, you know, that's good for poor people. Um, I always love Thanksgiving. It was my, it's my favorite holiday because it's all about food and, you know, getting the pine cones and you can make the little turkey and, you know, so... Um, yeah, I love Thanksgiving. I don't know what I'm going to do this year. Are you cooking for a lot of people? But you need somebody, to, that lady up there. Maybe, why don't you go to her house? Be fine. The next question comes from the front row. Oh, God, this is so hard. I God, it's really hard. It's like it's haunted theater. Yes. I feel like someone should say it. That's a great dress. Oh, yeah. It looks better on the floor. Um, thank you. We were going to make it long at one point, but oh. Adam had to cut all these squares out. You know, he's crazy that way. No, it's it really pretty, and I've worn it without washing it for like eight, eight or nine. So stinky! <laughs> but thanks, Also, too. if you do want to get together after the show, that'd be great. Let's do That's that. That's not going to happen. Oh. Listen. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> I've moved on. She just broke up. I'm going to hang out with that lady. Uh, <laughs> she needs someone to talk to. So one of the things that I really love about your shows and your books is how absolutely absurd some of your comedy is without even trying. And I was wondering what it was like to do some of those scenes in Strangers with Candy, like planting a tree in the middle of a baseball field. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, like any scene with Paul Dinello and... Principal Black, when I forget his name, when, when they're both naked. Just, I, I just want to know what that was like Well, I talked to Paul Dinello. I, come on, Paul. Just get in your Speedo. Who's going to... No one watches the show. You know what I mean? <laughs> You've got a great body. I can talk anybody into anything. I talked um, uh, uh, Principal Blackman into wearing that thong. First, I talked talk him into doing it naked. But then when he took his pants off and he had that thong on, we were like, no, no, you got to wear the thong. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, we were laughing a lot, but the the one with um, David Cross, the episode with David Cross, where he had a splatter lamb's blood on me. I don't know what that was about, but I can't remember. Um, but like, we only had two takes because the wardrobe only had two, you know, changes for me, and that was really hard to do a monologue and with blood, you know, being thrown on me. Well, oh, make, make believe blood and not laugh. That was really hard. And then when I was my dead daddy and I was, um, had, the, had to eat the hot dog and I inhaled all that salt. And then once I heard that we were going to shoot it in, you know, slow motion, then in my head, I just, I, I was running in slow motion. And Paul's like, no, Amy, you know, we're going to, you don't have to run in slow motion. We're, but, I, but I couldn't get on my head, so it looks extra weird because I'm like, daddy, salt, daddy. And it was like 8 o'clock in the morning. And then the cult episode was just, just filthy. I'm still not over that. It was the weird people in the back of that van with that awful song. The next question comes from the center of the balcony. Hi, Amy. Hey. I was wondering if you have a favorite tool. Mm. <laughs> I like that cronium um, herb grinder. 
That's my favorite tool right now. <laughs> um, I love an ice pick. I love an ice pick. What kinds of things would you use the ice pick? Anything. Yeah. I love to snake my drain out. Like, I love to stick it in a drain and get every, all the hair out of it and stuff like that. I, you know, and I, I like the punch holes, you know, like you can make castanets out of uh, beer, you know, caps. And that ice pick's fun to get that hole in there. Just stab. Ice pick. The next question comes from the very front. Hi. Look at your long hair. Oh, yeah. Wow. Indian. That's long. Yeah, it is. Is she... it yours? Is that real? Yes. I got it from a pony. It looks like it. <laughs> Little Clydesdale. Um, <laughs> the Budweiser horses. Um, do you have any, like, favorite reality TV shows, or do you watch any of those? I don't watch any reality TV oh. shows. I used to watch the Operation Channel before there was anything about, you know. I'd favorite. watch the Operation Channel and the Cooking Channel with a volume down because it looked exactly the same. <laughs> Did the facelifts freak you out? Those are always the ones that scared me the most. I, I like the tube time myself. <laughs> but my favorite, I liked um, Friday Night Lights was a favorite show of mine. I love Friday Night Lights. Did you ever see that show? I have not it's seen it. really good writing, really good acting. I, I wish they would do more episodes. Oh. Um, um, when I first started reading about you and your brother, David, your bio has always talked about the talent family. Like, and I could never find out what that was. It was some sort of troop that you guys made up or something. Could you talk about that? Uh, David and I, when we would do plays together, we needed a name, so we called ourselves the talent family. And um, we, we would get together and, you know, every night and come up with, exhaust every possibility, you know. And then David would write something and then, you know, he'd give it to me. I'd get on my feet and do it and then you'd go back to the drawing board. And then we did about eight plays together in New York City. And the last one was maybe eight years ago. And um, I, I keep telling him I want to do a kabuki play. So maybe that'll, maybe that'll be our next play. Who knows? But we called ourselves a talent family. Hi, Miss Amy. Hey. Hey. <laughs> so I am also from North Carolina, and I was wondering if you can talk about how Southern culture might have affected your craftiness and your humor. Um, what part of North Carolina are you from? Fayetteville. Oh, Vietnam. We call it Vietnam. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I guess I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, I, you know, I love Southern hospitality and, you know, um, I, you know, I, 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 but I mean, I guess that could be anywhere. You know, crafting is like universal. I don't know if it was like just in North Carolina that, you know, maybe in, I wouldn't have stayed in Girl Scouts so long if I was living in a big city, you know. Maybe I wouldn't know so many seashell crafts. I don't know. Was, was there a lot of comedy around your house? I know that, like, uh, Stephen Colbert, your, your, who you've worked with a lot, it's, often talks about his family, which is a family of 11 kids, being a humorocracy, where there's a lot of competition to be funny and a lot of effort put toward that. Was that what it was like around your house Yes, as well? that's where you learn your timing, yeah. you know, trying to get in there fast. Same with food, you know, you've got to get in there and get, for, you know, if you want seconds. Um, always competing with each other, but in a good way, you right. know, just trying to one-up and, and trying, just being fast about it. And my dad isn't really that funny, so we had him to make fun of. So you need that one person. <laughs> Hi, 
The next question comes from the back of the balcony. We have a, a big North Carolina contingent back here, too, and just want to thank you for uh, representing so, so strongly and beautifully and funnily uh, all these years from North Carolina. But thank but, you. What part are you from? Well, I actually grew up in South Carolina, but oh. I don't like to say that out loud. How so I, I, I went to school in Chapel Hill, and my parents are from Spencer and Salisbury, and my friend here is from Winston-Salem. Salisbury, Winston-Salem. <laughs> my sister lives in Winston-Salem. I love that Salisbury. I love the name of that. <laughs> uh, my question is, uh, you've talked about a lot of things you like to uh, have other people do crafting for you, but is there anything that's absolutely off-limits for crafting? Off-limits for crafting. That, that, um, off-limits. Well, I can't think of anything that would be off-limits for crafting. No, gates wide open. Check sure. out the book. It's pretty inclusive. Unless... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unless maybe, you know, those mega craft stores. You know, nowadays it just seems like everything is, you know, comes, all you have to do is paint it. or That seems like cheating to me. So um, you, you'd have to make it. Like you just can't buy a major, you know, part of the craft and then just do a little something and then, you know, you say you crafted it. It's better if it just, you know, it's from scratch or, you know, you had to think, you know, quick on your feet and figure out how to make it on your own. How is this made? What's that? This outfit, by the way. That's uh, the one that, uh, just fringe, you know what I mean? Just, it's just fringe sewn together? Yep. The yep. underwear as well? Yeah, that was kind of, the underwear, yeah, it was more like it just wrapped around my uh, waist, and we put it together with a safety pin, and it landed, so it looks like shorts, but it was like a little skirt. Mm -hmm. And the wig I bought, actually, at a wig shop, mm -hmm. just, you know, last minute. It was ridiculous to work with. Hair everywhere, kept getting in my eyes. That was, that was a fun, that was a fun day. Yeah, and it's really heavy. That costume's really heavy. I love heavy costumes anyway. Yes? Uh, the next question comes from the right rear of the orchestra. Hi, Amy. So you are this real renaissance woman. You write, and people love to listen to you talk and act, and you have these costumes, and it's great. So, oh, uh, I know. Look at her. Oh, okay. Now I was looking at somebody I'm else. Here. I'll tell you in a minute. Yes? Okay. Yeah. So... I publish books for the iPad. Do you ever think about doing like something like that where you can mix the media and the writing and there could be little videos of you and audio? Do you ever think about doing that? Um, no, but we did an e-book for this, for this book. And we, I did do some videos for the, for the book. And then I had a sign language uh, girl sign. And it's really funny to watch her. We put her in a, in a cap with the bangs sewn in, attached to it, with a <laughs> bandana and a nice crafty little apron. And she's signing. I can tell she's like, what the hell did they hire me for? <laughs> Because, you know, it's just, just useless talk. I'm just going on demonstrating how to make crap. And she's just really animated and doing it. And it totally steals focus from my crafting. Because Paul Donella said, I really don't think you should use this. She's, it's, just, it's just too weird and you don't know where to look. And I'm like, perfect, I'm going to keep it. So. <laughs> but that's as close as I've, you know, gotten the e-book. The next question comes from the center of the balcony. Hi, Amy. Hi. Um, have you ever had any horrible crafting accidents or mayhem uh, um, stories that you'd like to tell? Just the um, tuna can lid wind chime was pretty bad. But, you know, um, I, I, and then making the Chianti candle, you know, the, the scab I have covering my face, I had that on for the entire day, and that was a lot of fun to walk around like that. But the only incident, the only bad thing that happened was um, the tuna can. 
situation. And then when I was younger, I burned my hand on a, a hot plate, but that was a long time ago. But I'll, I won't use a hot glue gun because I'm afraid, I'll, you know, I heard that could be really painful. And the sewing machine, someone said the needle will go through your fingertips. That's all I had to hear. No, no, thank you. It's not worth it. I'll but there, stick to there is a whole section in the book about safety. Yes, Seth, yes, it's called safety meeting, which is safety meeting in the South. When you mean time for a safety meeting, means you're going to go out and get high, you know. <laughs> so time for a safety meeting. So that's why I called it safety meeting. <laughs> 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 and the duty dungeon is one of my favorites. Where you, if you're camping outside, how to dig a hole to go to the bathroom in. That was fun. There may be places outside of the South where they call that a safety meeting as well. <laughs> Time for a safety meeting. Have we exhausted all of the audience's questions for any? I don't know. Maybe. I think so. Is it hot in here? It is, right? This November weather. Yeah, it's really nice here. Chicago, I was just in Chicago and it was freezing. I want to talk about weather. Would you like to? Yeah. So I had to pack a coat, but at the same time I had to pack a lot of shorts. No, I'm just kidding. What's the other question? Hi, Amy. Um, so your um, bunny is named Dusty, correct? Uh, Hayburners is a chapter in Rabbit Care. Yes, mm -hmm. go yeah, on. Yeah, saw that. Um, how did uh, Dusty do with all this crafting mayhem and explosion and people and items in your house? How did... She or he take that. She um, hopped around everything. You know, a couple times I had to lock her up in the bedroom. Um, and then other times she was just boing, boing, boing. And that's why she's in a lot of the pictures. She just happened to be in there. You know what I mean? I didn't plan on it. And then it was a camera guy was freaking out because of his cords and everything. Um, but she was, she was just around. And she, you know, I, you know, you have to put everything up on the table late at night because I know she'll find it. And, you know, but um, she was a joy to have around. Does she ever run in the place? She does. Yeah. She sleeps with me. I live with her, I say. You know. And then there was a big house rabbit um, uh, convention about four weeks ago in New Rochelle. And then I went there and I read from the Hayburners chapter. And, um, and it was on the bunny bulge. It was about um, how to prevent your rabbit from getting fat. <laughs> I could talk about rabbits forever. Did anyone here have a rabbit? Oh, wow. Look at all those hands. What kind of rabbit do you have? That's what I have. Yeah. What color? She's Harlequin. Wow, yes. nice. Amazing. Are you sure she's mini? How, how many pounds is she? Four. Oh, four pounds. Yeah. Okay. How long have you had her? Five years, but I think she's nine. That's old for rabbit. That's great. Yeah, because she was a rescue, but not really sure how old she is. That was my situation. Excuse me, just a minute. No, that fine. was my situation. <laughs> you know, I got her. It'll be, she'll be eight in March, but they think she was a year when I got her. And it's amazing because Rex rabbits are like their fur is like chinchilla and they're really just dominating. They're really smart and quick. And I was like, who would ever dump a, you know, Rex rabbit? You don't find, you know, they're not in shelters usually. People usually know that's a good, a good kind of rabbit to have. Yeah. What's your rabbit's name? Monet. Oh, cute. <laughs> really cute. And you have a rabbit over here? I don't care if this is boring to anybody. <laughs> what kind of rabbit do you have? I have a dwarf. Oh, you have a dwarf rabbit. Mm -hmm. And what's her? Is it a girl? It's a girl. And I what, thought it was a boy for three years. That happens, yeah. <laughs> what, what's her name? Her name's Bubble. Bubble? Oh, that's cute. And what color is she? She's gray. Oh, she's gray. 
you got to get a rabbit for your kids. Well, maybe so. Yeah. I mean, they're not really great pets for kids because kids approach them quickly and they're prey animals. They always think they're going to be eaten. Well, so. yeah. You, you, I was reading something where you said that you can actually scare them to death, right? Yeah, you can, so you they really can have heart attacks. Yeah. 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 I love my rabbit too much. Yeah. I'm sure she's enjoying this break. I'm sure of it. Is this your, how many rabbits have you had? Uh, my, this is my second. Yeah. And then when this one dies, I'm going to get two and name them guys. And I'm not going to get attached to them. You know? You're going to name, name them? Hey, guys. Oh. And I'm, I'm going to get two, and that way I can neglect them a little bit. And then when one dies, I'm not going to know which one it is, and it's going to be guy. I've already planned it, because I cannot go through it again. It's very painful yeah. to lose a rabbit. And especially a Rex rabbit, because you can't, with my dwarf rabbit, my, my Netherland dwarf, I could project a personality onto her. But with this one, oh my God, I mean, she, you know, the Rex rabbits come, you know, already with a personality. So that's it. That's it. Guys? Yeah. Sounds, sounds like a brilliant plan. Yeah, I mean, that's all I think about. And I do have a chapter on grieving, you know, on... Uh, losing a pet and things you can do when you lose a pet. You know, paint a rock and, you know, little things like that. And sentimental jewelry, hair made. Like your hair, the lady up there with the Clydesdale hair. That'd be great to make sentimental jewelry out of. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. So that's a good chapter. No, I don't, want, I don't want any jewelry made from your hair. There was a girl in Asheville, North Carolina, who cut off some of her dreadlocks and gave it to me and said it was a good toy for a cat. Yeah. And what did you, what did you do with I it? I played with it. I batted around for a while. <laughs> Is that it for the question? I, I, oh. I think that's all we have time for, but uh, are you going to be out signing I'm going to sign everyone's people? book except that guy who couldn't afford one. Right. Right. But um, and then I'll be in the lobby. But I want to thank you so much, and thank you, Paul. Thank you, Amy. Thank you very much, Amy Sedaris. You've been listening to Amy Sedaris in conversation with Paul Lancourt. Hey, this program was recorded at the Hoops Theater in San Francisco on November fifteenth, two thousand ten. These broadcasts are produced by City Arts and Lectures in association with KQED Public Radio, San Francisco. The executive producer is Sidney Goldstein. The production assistants are Holly Mulder-Wolan and Amanda Marlowe. The post-production director is Nina Thorson. Herbst Theatre Stage Managers, John Bott and Masai Itoku. Theatre Sound Engineer, Dave Montijo. The recording engineers are Jane Heaven and Paul Lancour. The engineering supervisor is Monte Carlos. Theme music composed and performed by Pat Gleason. City Arts and Lectures programs are supported by grants for the arts of the San Francisco Hotel Tax Fund. Additional funding provided by the Wallace Alexander Grabodi Foundation, the Richard and Rhoda Goldman Fund, the Mimi and Peter Haas Fund, the Bernard Osher Foundation, and the Friends of City Arts and Lectures. Support for recording and post-production of City Arts and Lectures is provided by Robert Mailer Anderson and Nicola Miner. For more information and a list of our upcoming programs, visit our website, cityarts.net. That's cityarts.net. 
For City Arts and Lectures and KQED Public Radio, I'm Linda Hunt. Local underwriting is provided by Sleep Train, featuring a large selection of quality mattresses from Beautyrest, Posturepedic, and Tempurpedic. Over 50 mattress models are available for comparison at each Sleep Train location. Sleep Train, your ticket to a better night's sleep. NPR's On the Media is next. Tony, where are It is the uh, one dog in a sled team that's not really pulling. <laughs> I'm Richard Schur. Take a lighthearted stroll with us each week through lexicon, literature, and libretto as we do our best to let the language provide the laughter. That says you, 